Welcome back to Time Limit. This is your host, Brett Harnett. I'm so glad that you tuned in for this episode because I actually think it's a special one. You know, I've been thinking a lot about kindness at work lately. I think we all have our best intentions, and for whatever reason, things get in the way of that kindness, particularly for project managers who are stressed out and are under the gun to deliver projects on time and under budget, and also tend to be pulled in a lot of different directions every single day. But then I start to think, you know, that's really no excuse for not being kind. It's something that you live, not something that you do. But how can you get better at being kind? I'm thinking maybe one way is to practice that kindness actively outside of work, but doing something that's maybe work-like. So what I'm saying is bring your PM skills to a charity or to another initiative outside of work that helps you practice in a less stressful environment. So that's why I'm really excited to have my friend Sophie Bryden on Time Limit today. Sophie has a ton of experience managing digital projects and recently joined the Hygiene Bank in the UK as a volunteer. And the work that she's doing is pretty amazing. In the interview, she offers insight into how you can get involved in a charity and how you can bring the power of project management to do meaningful work for other people and helping other people. There's a whole lot more to this interview, but I don't want to spoil it, so let's check it out. Hey, Sophie, thank you so much for joining me on Time Limit today. How are you? Yeah, no worries. Thank you for having me. I'm really good. How are you? I'm great, and I'm actually really excited to talk about kind of how I got you on this episode. So we met at the Deliver Conference in Manchester in the UK probably a few years ago the first time. Um, last year, I remember you were one of the speakers and did an amazing job. It was it was great to see oh, that. Thank you. And then, so a few weeks ago, I ended up reaching out to you because I saw a tweet on Twitter about you pretty much using your amazing project management powers for good. And that just made me feel like, wow, like there are people out in the world doing great things with project management. And yeah. I feel like we don't talk about that enough. So I was hoping maybe you could tell us a little bit about the organization or the charity that you're volunteering for and kind of the, the types of projects that you're working on. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I volunteer for a charity called the Hygiene Bank. It is a, a national UK charity um, focused on um, hygiene poverty. So I think when we think about um, people living in poverty, we tend to think about um, the obvious food poverty uh, and homelessness or you know access to housing. But what we don't tend to think about you know straight away is, is their access to um, the kind of other basic human rights like like hygiene products you know the ability to keep clean um and look after your well-being your dignity and your health um and it's so important um so the founder of the charity um started it up probably like 16 months ago it's not been going very long um there was a film that came out in the uk um if it's available in the US, I absolutely would recommend people watching it. It's called I, Daniel Blake. Um, and it's actually set in Newcastle where I live. Um, and it it is it tells a story about um, a, a couple of people living in poverty and the challenges that they face gaining access to support um, from the government and how they have to rely on food banks. And it, it has a scene where, where one of the girls uh, gets... Uh, arrested for shoplifting and, and what she's shoplifting is a deodorant because she can't afford one um and it really sparked something off in in our founder and, and she started the charity um and i found out about them pretty soon afterwards um so we started our project 
which is specifically in in Newcastle where I live um, in January of last year. So we've been going for about a year um, and it, it, a lot of a lot is involved in terms of starting up a, a charity project. So it's, it's a bit like a program of work, to be honest. Um, yeah. You know, we've it, the way that we work is we put donation locations um, into to local businesses so people can drop off um, products that they want to donate. And then we pick them up, we sort them out and we take them to local charity partners who can get them to people who need them. So food banks, homeless shelters, um, women's shelters, refugee charities. Um, we support charities who help women who've just fled domestic abuse. Um, so it's quite wide ranging. Um, so we kind of have that day-to-day management of stuff. And then obviously we've got, you know, the kind of awareness aspects. I think the issue is still relatively um, unknown or not not as well known as I'd, I'd want it to be. Mm-hmm. So we really have to work on that in terms of events and publicity and PR and that kind of stuff. So there's quite a lot of little things going on at any one time that you have to kind of keep an eye on, which is really what what we're used to every day, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So I didn't realize that you joined this charity when it was brand new. So you're basically helping to build a nonprofit organization that's a lot bigger than just managing a couple projects. Um, yeah, I guess the, the way that the way that the charity works is that you know, obviously, the umbrella, the the, the charity is there. But in for it to run in particular locations, it runs off project coordinators in the individual locations, starting that that project up and running that project themselves. So we get support from HQ. But really, what we do in Newcastle um, is all me and, and Jess, who are, who are uh, the other coordinator of the charity, that that is all us. Um, so yeah, but kind of pretty much, I see us as like a little grassroots charity project, really, and yeah. just one of very many within the Hygiene Bank family. Absolutely. So how did you get involved? Um, I think I heard about it on Instagram, I'll okay. be honest. I actually can't remember. So there was another charity in the UK called the Red Box Project, which specifically supported young girls in school with access to period products. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, they're super expensive. Um, and that, obviously, that's really tough for families, um, you know, when, when their kids start their, start their period. So um, this charity collected um, period products and put them into schools so that kids had access, direct access to them for free. Um, and I found out about this issue probably September of 2018. And, and I didn't really know about it and it blew my mind. Um, and so I was like, we need to do something about this. So at work, I said to, to everyone, we need to do a collection here um, and got loads of um, loads of donations in. And I think because I found out about them and I started following them on Instagram, I started following a few other charities kind of within that space. And that's when I found out about the Hygiene Bank and I could see that, that w- there wasn't really an active project in Newcastle. Um, so I emailed and said, you know, can I get involved? You know, I had really wanted a volunteering opportunity for a while. I knew that I had skills that I could give to a charity. Um, I just needed to find the right one. And then I came across the Hygiene Bank and realized that that, that was that was the one really that's really cool so essentially for anyone who's listening the the lesson there is if there's something that you feel passionate about or there's a place in the world where you feel like you can help or want to help all you have to do is reach out because yes. they'll want your help my question to you sophie is when you reached out were you thinking that you'd end up offering help in project management or were you thinking hey i'll kind of just do whatever they need me to do the latter definitely the okay. latter um and 
I don't we come me and Jess kind of laugh about it now because me and Jess came on at the same time um and we kind of laugh now thinking about what we've actually gotten ourselves into <laughs> um, especially with you know the situation we're in like you know I obviously work in a consultancy and that's a pretty full-on job she is a trainee psychologist doing her PhD uh, so she's getting her doctorate and works three days a week uh, in uh, hospitals and then is, is studying the other two days. So we both have it pretty full on and then are trying to grow a charity project as well. So you can kind of see the types of people we are. Um, so yeah, I didn't really know what I was going getting myself into. Very much blindly walking into it and now we're in it and we care so much about it. And it's like, well, you know, it's got to be done now. Absolutely. So the work that you're doing, like you've mentioned project coordinators a few times, and that's pretty much code for project managers in my world, right? Like yes. we call PMs every different kind of title under the sun, but that that feels very kind of project management e, if that makes sense. Um, what are the kinds of things that you're doing as a project coordinator? So we are um, reaching out to local businesses and trying to get them on board as um donation locations that's both uh, public businesses and private businesses as well um, we are reaching out to charity partners uh, and getting them on board if they want our support and um, that obviously requires a lot of admin so our inbox is always overflowing um, obviously once we do have donation locations in place that we need to make sure that we're keeping in regular contact with them that we're picking up the boxes as soon as they're full that we're taking them sorting them out and distributing them mm. We now have a team. So thankfully, in the past few months, we've got um, another three volunteers and a social media um, volunteer as well. So we now have uh, a team to coordinate within Newcastle. And we also uh, coordinate the region. So we have people in South Tyneside and North Tyneside, which is kind of outside of our catchment area as, as Hygiene Bank Newcastle, um, that we oversee as well with them running their projects. Okay. And then we have a side gig in Northumberland as well that we we kind of have a, a small um, donation location there that we then support a, a food bank over in in where my my parents live. So we we technically have we call it four projects that we then program manage wow. to put it in our speak. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah so you're some of the words that you used are very indicative of project management, right? Like it's a lot, it sounds like it's a lot of communication and coordination, yes. just making sure that things are happening with a bigger team, which is exciting. Um, I wonder, you know, as someone, so you're not a PM now, but as someone who has really solid and firm project manage, management experience, um, what do you find that you can contribute in that realm of project management that really feels like you're doing a good job and you're making the organization better and you're really serving those people? Because obviously the mission for this is really important and it sounds like it's a mission that's really important to you, which I think is just at the beginning just makes you excited and want to do a great job. But I'm just curious, like, what are the things kind of within the realm of PM that you feel like you're offering that are really helping? So I think, so for me, PM is all about communication. Mm -hmm. You know, you can have your raid log and you can have your project plan and all that stuff. But, you know, if, if we don't communicate well, then, then we're not going to succeed. And and for me, I think that's, that's super key um, here as well. So um, 
I think one PM 101 is crafting a good email. Um, <laughs> and especially in this kind of scenario where, you know, I regularly have to go to people and ask them for something where they don't need to give me it. Um, we have a, sh- a saying in Newcastle, um, I can't, I'm not from Newcastle, so I can't really say it very well, but shy bends don't get out, which pretty much means like if you want something, go and ask for it. Um, and I kind of follow that mentality when it comes to running the charity. Like if you don't ask someone for help, then, you know, the worst they can say is no. So you might as well ask them. Right. So there's a lot of crafting, um, well-rounded emails, uh, a lot of, uh, kind of convincing people face to face as well that, that you need to their help and that this is the cause that they should care about mm-hmm. um obviously a lot of communication between our teams as well a lot of planning especially now um that we have you know our smaller projects and we're doing a lot more kind of pr and events and stuff um my like personal like hygiene bank calendar having to coordinate that with my work calendar and everyone else's is is you know a feat within itself um but it's it's those kind of the, the soft skills that i think i've really um man like managed to hone over the past few years as a PM, I think are really serving me well in this role. That absolutely makes sense. It also sounds like your ability to kind of break things down and understand what needs to be done in order to get the donations that you need or to get, you know, a, an organization on board to help you out. That that sounds like that's serving you really well in this role as well. Oh, for sure. But I think and you're, I imagine you might be the same, like everything inevitably gets broken down into scope and a project plan in my head, whether or not I plan to do it. Right. Like it'll happen. <laughs> it just will happen. Um, so, yeah, I think that when we've when we've got quite a lot on and we've kind of got to break it down, I'm always, you know, what's happening, Jess being like, right, well, I think we need to do this, then this, then this, then this. And these are the things I'm concerned about. And these are the risks that I think we've got. And this is how I think we'll mitigate them. It's just... You you kind of can't help yourself, can you? It's just a constant. Oh my like, gosh, your, you're speaking your brain my language. Exactly, I know, right? Uh, like your brain just always goes to that place, even if you like brain stop. You can't you can't get it to stop. So, absolutely, I, I will do this on a Saturday where I have you know a couple of things to do at home, um, you know, just around the house, and then maybe I have a couple of errands to run. I'll be thinking, what's the order I need to do this in so that I can be the most efficient with my time and actually have time to relax? You know. It's like, oh. it's just the way that my brain thinks. So I think drop me in that kind of scenario where it feels like there's a lot of gravity to the the projects and like you feel like really connected to the cause. And I, it might put me into like overdrive, right? Like I, I imagine that sure, like projects are important when they're, when they're work and that's how you collect a paycheck. But there's a certain sense of meaning when you're doing the kind of work that you're doing. Do you feel that way? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like, I I can't imagine what it must feel like to to live in a situation where you you can't have access to to um to basic hygiene products where you have to rely on food banks for food and um you know you don't necessarily know whether your your housing situation is long term or not or your sofa surfing like it's it's 
I, I get reminded every day of, of my of my privilege. You know, I, I get in I get into the shower in the morning. I don't have to think about you know where, whether or not I've I've got shampoo or you know do I have to wash myself in a in a bar of of, of cheap soap that I've managed to find somewhere. Like right. people live in in these situations every day, and and I think until we are in a situation where higher powers, I'm not going to get political, but where higher powers can um, can help solve that situation, we really need to take things down to a community level, and I think community means so much more to me now having gotten into this work and and it kind of shows how how important a strong community around you is um it's it's just really been hammered home to me since I started doing this and yeah I just I feel so passionately about it that even weeks where you're like you know your work life is overflowing and you know you've not got time for anything I still know I have to make time for this because you're we're making people's lives better now and that is so important yeah absolutely so not to move away from such an important point, um, because I, I totally feel that, but I want to talk a little bit about something that you mentioned earlier. So um, you talked a little bit about planning, and I know you and I have talked a little bit about kind of um, the fact that you've done planning with mm. Hygiene Bank. Um, can you talk a little bit about that process? Like, do you have plans for each of your projects or initiatives do you break them down that way and like do they when you're when you're thinking out a plan are you documenting it and and building out like a gantt chart or a plan or a checklist or anything like that Mm. so last year was very um loose kanban I can say it was a very, very much just like as soon as something came up, we'd deal with it. But we sat down in December and we decided to set some Q1 goals. So um, what we wanted to achieve over quarter one, what that actually meant in terms of the reality, what we would need to do. um, And then started to make action plans in terms of, you know, then what we needed to do to get that delivered. So, you know, we talked about the fact that we wanted to get more volunteers. So we um, we started making plans for the kind of events that we could look out for um, or sign up for the other kind of routes that we could get um, volunteers through in terms of social media and advertising, et cetera. Um, we did the same with funding, um, did some research around um, places that we could apply for, especially in the UK, there's a lot of... Um, supermarkets do charity voting because they charge you for carrier bags and that's really good for like grassroots projects like us um so there was that was sitting down and doing goal setting and breaking that down effectively into tasks and then kind of agreeing who was going to pick that up was the first time that we really sat down and said right what instead of looking we we spent a lot of time looking at just what the next thing was but actually stepping back and looking at that kind of three-month view and saying where do we want to be at the end of march Mm. um that was really, really important important for me. And actually, I think if I look back now at what we wanted to achieve and where we are now, we've probably smashed oh, that's um, amazing. that already. Yeah, it's, I mean, we're, we've been very lucky it, this, this the past few months in that a lot of things have happened that we didn't actually plan for. Um, and that's been really great. Um, but actually, if you align it back to what we wanted to achieve and what what we set our goals out to be, they are still we are still achieving on them. Mm-hmm. Um, in that awareness and volunteers were the two things that we wanted to achieve. We had 
started on the path of of the plans that we had made and the tasks that we'd kind of given ourselves and then scope creep happened but in a really good way (laughs) (laughs) of course it happened um yeah that that makes sense though like the idea that first you would agree on goals i mean that's something that you would do in any project right Mm. and then coming up with i I like the the term action plans right so essentially what you're doing is coming up with a bunch of projects of different sizes and scopes and um rolling out in different ways with different people and then just kind of tracking them uh that that absolutely makes sense it also feels like when something does come up like you mentioned um having those plans in place or at least an idea of what you want to do and a goal that they roll up to helps you to reprioritize um because you you only have so much time in the day right like you're you've got a full-time job you're doing as much as you can with the charity and you know you you can't take on everything as much as you probably want to yeah i mean that that not taking on everything mm-hmm. and uh, delegating is something that I am trying to get better at. <laughs> and that is generally like, I mean, that's a kind of work thing as well. Like, I think I am your classic kind of chaos junkie firefighter type person in that if I see a fire going on in the corner, it doesn't matter whether it was my fire, um, I'll still try and go off and, and put it out. And um you know, when it when it comes to this stuff as well, especially when we see opportunities come through, I think it's 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 easy to go, all oh, right, I'll, I'll deal with this, I'll deal with that, I'll deal with that. And then all of a sudden you've got a to-do list that's like a mile long and you actually can't achieve it. Um, and now that we have a team, really trying to focus on people owning individual parts, we do have a self-organizing team and that we are working, you know, on our individual bits and that we do have that kind of delegation path. Because I think what what we are effectively building is is um, a hygiene poverty scrum team. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and that, that hopefully, you know, that will work really well in time. Um, hmm. I might coin that. I quite like that. I think um, you should. <laughs> yeah, I like that a lot. Um, but that really is kind of what, what we're aiming to achieve. And you kind of need to take that, that ethos um, that, that we get from, from our lives and, and really plug it into that. Yeah, absolutely. So we kind of talked about what you're bringing to the organization as a PM. I'm wondering if that goes the opposite way. Like, have you learned anything in the work that you're doing uh, as a volunteer that you've been able to apply to your work in your job? I think I am, uh, I think it makes you quite resourceful um, in terms of being able to, to do whatever you can with what you've got, um, because we really did build this from the ground up. Um, and I think it's enabled me to be a bit more um, kind of confident in asking for scary things, because, you know, I, when when we're asking for things on behalf of the charity, it's just so easy to do because I'm asking for people to help someone else, not help me you yeah. know it's 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 really easy to do um but then when you're asking when you're having those kind of difficult conversations in when it does affect you it, I, sometimes it's a lot harder to do um but i think it's maybe giving me that different edge in terms of my my communication skills when you're when you're having those kinds of conversations mm-hmm. um but it's all i think the biggest thing i mean i've always been very vocal about um about causes that i'm passionate about at work i'm kind of uh they know like my work colleagues um I'm always banging the drum to them about a particular cause um but actually it has shown me how important um looking after your community is Mm. especially as a business like 
you know, we are a business that's been located in Newcastle for like 15 years or so. And, you know, we have a massive impact in the community in terms of the fact that we employ like, you know, probably 100 people. Um, And we're right in the city centre. We see everything going on. We we have a... a, um, we have a responsibility to to positively impact our community, in my opinion, mm-hmm. and it's really made me see the impact that that corporate kind of social responsibility has, and that you you know it, it doesn't have to be a buzzword; it can actually be a real thing, and that you know as someone who works for an organisation, whether it's you know two, three, four people, whether it's a massive corporation, like you have the ability to impact your local community by speaking out at work about causes that affect people that you know, live in, in your, in your community. Absolutely. I think it's something that for whatever reason we don't do much of, I think sometimes we get worried about bothering people with that stuff. Mm -hmm. But I think if you feel so strongly about it and you feel like you're making a positive impact, then why not say it? Right. It kind of comes back to your point about the, the, the volunteer work helping you to approach difficult conversations or ask for things that you think might be difficult to get. Like, mm-hmm. I, I really like that point about it. Cause I think what you're doing is just making first, first of all, th- the most amazing thing you're doing is helping to build this great charity. That's doing amazing work, but you're also kind of growing yourself as an individual and mm-hmm. also in some ways as an employee, because you're finding ways to, bring that kindness into the work that you're doing every day when kindness isn't always something that's expected at work. No, no, definitely not. And it's funny, I've all, my, I've worked in the same place for nine years and um, it's a real family environment and mm-hmm. I really care a lot about the culture and I, and I care about everyone who works here. And, um, you know, that's a, it's a really nice and very privileged, I think, to, to have that kind of experience every day and it, and it is great. Um and we're all kind of like-minded people. So we, we do try and, and bring our kindness in every day. I mean, it's, it's not easy because, you know, we work in a stressful environment. Everyone has their days. But um, we do try and bring that kindness in towards each other. Um, and for me, it's about taking it that one step further and just showing our kindness to to the, the world as a whole. Um, and the one thing that I've always been so grateful to about my work family is that if I, if I say to them, guys, look at this cause, look at these people that need help. Will you help me help them? They'll always do it. Yeah. They always step up. I mean, we are running a little charity week right now for four, four charities in the, in the region. Um, obviously hygiene banks, one of them, but, um, we are supporting a local food bank, um, a local um, kind of homeless drop-in centre, and then a, a wonderful charity that supports women getting back into work uh, with interview training and clothing. Um, so we just have some boxes around the office for people to bring their donations in. And, and you know, as as I expected, everyone has has stepped up. And, and I really love that. I feel really grateful for that. That's cool. I'm curious, do you have any tips for our listeners on, you know, if they want to get involved in an organization or they want to kind of bring that, um, maybe kind of what you've done here is kind of bring that into the office and seeing if people will participate? Like, are there any things that you think people could do to kind of make that feel a little easier? I mean, it can be quite interesting to actually 
put some feelers out to understand what causes people you work with feel passionately about mm-hmm. um, because there's probably some some shared views um, in there or you know you can run um, you could run little fundraisers that support you know multiple charities um, but if but also I think it's it's great to just come in and, and, and stand up for a cause that you believe in you know if you've got slack or kind of something similar just to kind of pop a message out to people and say hey I've heard about this cause like you know what do you think can we can we pull something together for it mm-hmm. I think people are really open to it it's just it's not necessarily something that we always seek out you know we, right. we have busy lives and we just don't necessarily um, you know always seek out those opportunities unless something's you know maybe particularly happened to us um but i think the other thing i would say is look if you have the time and you have the inclination look for the community projects and charities that are within your kind of local area that people haven't really heard of um, because there will be so many of them, these very small grassroots organizations that are doing an amazing amount of good and they just don't get heard about. And you can, even if you shared an information about that charity at your workplace and three or four people listened, there'll be three or four people that didn't know about that charity yesterday and they may tell tell one or two people that they know and you, you are spreading the word and, and those real small charities, they really need it. Absolutely. So last question here. So, you know, the title of the podcast is Time Limit. The, mm. the last question I ask everyone is around kind of time saving, saving tips. And I feel like you're going to have a bunch because it sounds like you've got a very busy job. You're, mm. you're working with this charity and it sounds like you're doing a lot of amazing work. That's a lot of a lot of stuff to to kind of layer on to just being a human, right? And, mm. and doing all the things that, that you want to do with your life outside of work. Um, wondering if you can share any tips for things that you do to save time when you're kind of trying to organize everything, when you're trying to plan projects, manage projects, be a good communicator, all of that stuff. Yeah, yeah. So... I thought about this a little bit. Actually, I've got a few answers. Um, but you are right. I do have far too much going on in my life. And so I have to really plan what I'm doing um, and make lists. Make lists are, you, you said something really rang true with me earlier. Like every weekend, I will make a list of what I need to achieve on my phone with those ticky things that you can tick it <laughs> off and you feel really good about it. It moves down the list. I have to do that and I have to build, I start building them up on a Friday night um, because I will, I have so much going on in my head that if I don't write it down, I will lose it. Um, and it, that's for me is like my mini kind of weekend Kanban board or, or whatever. And I'll even plan if I've got loads of stuff to do in the car, if I've got um, drop off routes because I've got donations to drop off, I will plan my the, the path of um, most efficiency around town <laughs> to get to places. I can even do if I'm walking around town, I will like if I've got these four shops to go to, like I'll plan my route for efficiency purposes. <laughs> um, so yeah, f- for me, like especially um, balancing a really busy life, and I think this this is in the workplace as well. Making lists, planning my time, blocking my diary as well. Like I forget about personal commitments that I've made nowadays if I don't put them in my diary, which is awful, but genuinely it happens I'll just forget like I need my personal diary overlaid with my professional diary at all times Mm -hmm. or else I won't I like to keep them separate I used to have all my personal stuff in my work diary for years and then I just realized I needed those two things to not be the same yeah 
Um, so I have, but I have them overlaid. So if I'm making a work commitment, they'll have me working late or coming in early or traveling that I can see my commitment side by side. Um, but when I originally thought about it, I actually, I thought about the, the, the initial, um, kind of few days and few weeks of a project and, and the things that you can put in place up front to save time later. And I actually think and this, this does kind of work for the hygiene bank as well. Spending more time communicating up front and at key points in the project will save you time across the board, even though it doesn't feel like it. And I think that's just so important um, for work, for projects, for for the hygiene bank. You know, we have our kind of regular meetups with, with the, the group. We might not even have like an agenda for it, but actually I'll then leave with a list of like five, ten things that people have committed to and that we've, we've got to do. Um, or, you know, ideas will kind of be generated. And it's the same for projects as well. Like, I think it's actually really important to put the time, the extra time in for um, for communication at those key times in order to save time later. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, all of those things are, are ringing true for me, like all things that I do um, just in my daily life. So, you know, we're on the same wavelength. We're both project managers at heart, whether we're doing that right now or not. Um, so I, I appreciate all that. I think one thing I want to do before we go, and, and this has been such a great conversation. Thank you so much for joining me and for sharing your experience and for doing the amazing work that you're doing too. Um, <laughs> Thank you. While we've been chatting, I um, I brought up my browser and uh, did a Google search for the Hygiene Bank. And so it's thehygienebank.com. It is. Um, your photo is right there on the homepage. It is. Which is yes, great. That happened yesterday. <laughs> it's a it's a beautiful website. And um, you know, I just wanted to throw the URL out there just for anyone who's interested and would like to get involved or contribute or whatever they can do. So check out the hygienebank.com and then any other information, Sophie, that you have to share, um, we'll we'll make sure that we include that in our show notes as well. So folks can check out the time limit website. But again, thank you so much for joining me. It was really great to catch up with you and uh, hope to talk to you again soon. No, thank you very much, Brett. Um, I have looked up to you since I became a PM like eight, nine years ago. So I, I really value this conversation. I really appreciate you having me on. Thank you so much. That means a lot to me. All right. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. Thanks. All right, folks, that's all for this episode. Again, huge thanks to Sophie for joining the show and for sharing some really valuable information. I hope the conversation that we had inspires you to act on something that you're feeling or thinking, whether that has to do with helping a charity or planning your next initiative. I also hope that this interview and others on Time Limit inspire you to learn more about the work that we're doing at Team Gantt, and maybe even to rate the podcast and share it with your friends and colleagues. That's a little wink that I'm doing there. Anyway, I'd appreciate it if you could help us to make the show better just by sharing and rating the show. Thanks again for joining. We'll see you again in two weeks for episode number 30.